I'm Jen Horn. And I'm Ayan De La Torre. And you're listening to Mooney on This, the show where we talk about the challenges and possibilities in creating a more mindful and livable world. So we started this podcast to deal with our personal and collective distress about the state of our planet. But more importantly, we created this to give ourselves and you guys more reasons to hope and more motivation to act. In this episode, we talk about dealing with eco-anxiety. This stress comes from seeing the impacts of our environmental crisis, worrying about what the future holds for ourselves, our friends and loved ones, other living things on the planet, and future generations. Although eco-anxiety is not currently an official condition in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the American Psychological Association mentioned it in a 2017 report describing eco-anxiety as a chronic fear of environmental doom. It includes symptoms such as obsessive thinking, loss of appetite and insomnia, and panic attacks. Adults keep saying, we owe it to the young people to give them hope. But I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. And indeed, some people are panicking, but overwhelmed by the magnitude of the issue and feeling powerless as one person out of over 7 billion on our planet. Furthermore, this triggers feelings of loss, fear, rage, frustration, and helplessness in those who see this in the news, and also in some of the people who are actually out there working hard to protect the health of the planet and all things that live in it. Whether we respond effectively to this existential threat is determined not just by rational arguments, but also how we handle our collective emotions and communicate our distressed feelings with one another. So we had a chat with marine conservationist Ana Aposa, Chief Mermaid and Executive Director of Save Philippine Seas. SPS started out as an online platform in May 2011 as a response to a large-scale illegal trading of corals, sea turtles, and other endangered marine animals. What was meant to be a temporary campaign evolved into a movement. Now, they work with government, NGOs, and corporations on initiatives that empower Filipinos towards collective action. We spent some time together in her living room to exchange stories of eco-anxiety. When I went to Boracay, we were doing a small discussion with students. And the student told me, Alam mo, Ate Ana, ang hirap gumawa ng environmental initiatives dito sa Boracay. Kasi gumawa kami ng tree planting activity. Tapos nung lumaki na yung puno, binunot ng hotel yung puno. Um, dahil binablock daw yung view nung beach. So so she told me she must have been she she was in high school. So she must have been what? 13, 14. And she told me, so ata nakakapagod rin gumawa ng environmental work dito kasi kung gano naman yung turnout, ano yung what do we get out of it basically? That's what she was saying. And that night I couldn't sleep. Like I was in bed and I kept thinking, wow, if the young people don't feel motivated or don't see the benefits of working on on marine on, on environmental conservation what hope do we have diba and that was just one of the experiences of eco anxiety in Anna's life growing up as a daughter of Tony Oposa a lawyer who pioneered environmental law in the Philippines Anna is no stranger to this emotional state so i grew up exposed to environmental issues you know, since birth. Mm -hmm. And my family would always have discussions about environmental law cases and campaigns. So I grew up mm, knowing that 
anxiety is part of my life. Parang ganun. And then when I pursued a career in, in environmental conservation, eco-anxiety obviously became more real. Um, and I feel like I'm in a constant state of eco-anxiety because wala namang day na walang bad news in environment eh. Diba? Um, and there are days that are better and there are days that are worse. Um, whenever we are launching a campaign or a project, it it comes in in waves. Um, so so yeah, it's a constant part of, of anyone's journey in this line of work. It was clear that Anna grew up in a home that was actively trying to protect our environment. But we were curious to know whether this desire to be involved also showed up in her casual conversations with friends and other loved ones. Recently, recently, I, I was at a Christmas dinner. So my friend picked me up. Then when I was upstairs, she said, Anna, we have a question for you. I said, hey guys, missed you. That's like that. How do you stay positive and beautiful? <laughs> wow. And beautiful. Anyway, so I said, so ang, ang haba ng sagot ko, di ba? Tapos sabi ko, guys, kakaupo ko pala may TED Talk na ako <laughs> on hope and optimism and stay beautiful by eating well, exercising, masking twice a day, gano'n. Ay, dapat man twice a day. Like, twice a week pwede na. Balas na twice. Parang hindi sustainable twice a day. Sorry, twice a week, twice a week. Hydrating. But do you think it's a normal conversation because you are you, and then parang it's similar because yung social circles mo medyo similar na. But, or is it common na even in circles that are not similar to yours? I think definitely it's becoming more common. If, when I, in 2008, I stopped using straws and people thought I was crazy. This is 2008. It wasn't even cool to be an environmentalist, diba? So parang I would stop using straws, ganun. And then people would be like, why? Whatever. Tapos ngayon, everyone want, ngayon may arguments na about, no, don't use a metal straw, it's mine. And then don't use a silicone straw. And, and when people tell me, parang, what do you think of this? I'm like, it's great that people are talking about this. That it's even in the consciousness of people, diba? That's still a victory compared to whatever, how many years ago when it wasn't. And, and the news on environment is inescapable. Any publication, any media outlet, there is. There are documentaries, there are interviews, there are features. So we can't we can't escape it. The world that we're in and, and all the issues. Kahit, kahit ayaw mong makita, lalabas pa rin, di ba? Unless i-block mo lahat ng news, tas puro pets lang, mga puppies lang nakikita mo online. Then maybe you uh, live in that sort of like silo yes. na bubble. But yeah. how do you burst people's bubbles or like echo chambers. Kung yun nga, yung world nila, mas gusto nila concerned lang sila sa day-to-day life nila. There's nothing wrong with that. But we, what I try to to teach people is that the environment is part of our everyday life. It's not... That's why I always find it weird when, you know, when I get recognized for the work that I do in environment. Because it's like, bakit? Eh, di ba lahat naman tayo gusto natin ng malinis na hangin tsaka malinis na tubig? So bakit ako... Pinefeature sa mga kung ano-ano. Bakit ako, why do I get this recognition for doing something that is a basic human need? Diba? So I always say that my dream, my dream for this country is for environmentalism to be ordinary. For us to realize that to save the environment or to protect the environment is really about protecting humanity. So when I get into conversations 
the good thing is though that environment is like a benign advocacy. It's not like you know contraceptives where it's tied to a religion or or you know deep seated beliefs. Parang no one will ever say in public na no I want to pollute the water, de ba? Parang no I want all the fish to die and eat plastic. No one will say that. So in a way, people in environment working in environment. Already have that advantage. The contentious part lang is the approach, diba? the how and the what that we're doing. So, so the worry and the desire to contribute, it's already grounded on data. Mm-hmm. Parang valid na siya kasi nagayari na siya. Hindi siya yung parang anxiety na yung boyfriend ko ba iiwan niya ako bukas mm-hmm. or magkakaanak ba ako or gusto ko ba magkaanak. Mm-hmm. Unless related siya to climate change. But how do people go beyond just saying that this is a valid response? Pero after noon, how do you push the conversation forward na? Ano pa bang pwede natin gawin as an individual? Ano pa yung pwede kong gawin kung hindi ako part ng mga lobby groups or NGOs? What else can I do? Kung hindi ako si Ana o po sa... Kung hindi ako... You are the only one who can put limitations on what you do. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've always believed in. So when people tell me, I remember when I was in UP and I started a waste management campaign, my first time ever to do my own environmental campaign. The staff told me, don't even bother. Kasi tagal na ako dito, hindi naman ako nag-succeed, ganyan. And then I remember I kept on crying that day because I felt so bad. Pero oh, first time ko to attempt anything. Tapos shoot now na agad ako. And then within months, we banned styrofoam in the campus. And we started the recyclable sphere that was in 2009. And it's still ongoing. And I graduated in 2011. So if I listened to him, then those things wouldn't have happened at that time. But I'm stubborn. I'm inherently stubborn. And when when people tell me that I can't, parang I need to prove to them, parang tell me no, I'm going to do it 10 times harder to change your mind. What, what Save Philippine sees is successful at is making people feel empowered where they are. So as a communicator, and my background is in you know theater, it's in, in, in writing, it's in comms, it's in campaigning. The, we operate from a place where meet people where they are and then push them a little bit more, diba? Because... But, but going back to what you said, now the data is there, but people don't respond to data, right? Like you can, I can, I can rattle off all these facts to you, but what is it for you? But people respond to stories. So if I tell you, I always ask, I try to understand what is important to a person, what is their motivation, diba? And I think that's why coming from a writer perspective or coming from a theater background perspective, we are taught empathy. Right? We're taught to listen. We're taught to be curious. So for me, yun ang iniisip ko when I go into a community, when I work with a company, when I work with other NGOs, ano ba yung importante sa tao na to? And how do I use that answer to the benefit of the environment? Parang ganon. And then when, you, when you're able to make people feel success, so for example, with, with the sea campers that we train, we make them, we all require them to write letters to leaders. And when they get a response, they're so encouraged. And then it becomes part of their consciousness na, pwede pala ako magsulat eh, I get a response pala eh. And if they don't, that's also part of 
the journey of being in this field. Hindi siya nagreply. Bakit kaya? Baka kulang sa follow-up or baka mali yung email address na sinendan ko. Yung mga ganon. Or baka ganon. Lang yung ko. Kailangan may pangalan yes. pa Yes. Yung mga ganon. So, kailangan nating intindihin yung, yung mga ganon. And we always have to make people feel nga some kind of success. So, if if it's as simple as bringing your own bottle to work, you know, and some people say, oh, it's just one bottle. Yeah, but we're a hundred something million Filipinos. And if we're multiplying that, then that's an impact still. So it's sort of like reframing your daily impact and seeing it as small wins that mm-hmm. eventually propel you to move forward. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm, you know, that I'm like this vegan, zero waste, perfect, climate neutral carbon offsetting person you know what i mean yeah like i'm not and i never pretend to be because because i'm not and when we are striving for perfection we're never gonna get there tas underwhelm ka lang or discourage ka diba so just do what you can in the space that you're in and each time try to push yourself more so parang for me every year i have like an eco commitment diba like I'll never be vegan. My friend asked me recently. Sabi niya, Ans, if you become vegan, what will you miss the most? Sabi ko, my happiness. Hindi ko talaga kaya. Anyway, so, but, but, that said, and that's already me who works in yeah. the environment space, diba? You're into vegan. I'm in, yeah, and, but, but there are things that I have to admit I cannot do, diba? So, but what can I do? So if I cook for myself, it's 100% plant-based or uh, maybe a little bit of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> butter. No, I don't like butter, um, but I like cheese, right? So, parang, so like two years ago, my commitment was to switch to the menstrual cup. Last year was to eat more plant-based and this year it's no more fast fashion. No more Uniqlo. Oh my God. <laughs> Only secondhand clothes or sustainable brands. Oh, ethical. Gano, yung mga hindi made from slaves in Bangladesh. Uh-huh. Mga gano. May certification. Oh, oh. So, yun. So, parang just, you know, do what you can. Exactly. Diba? And then it's okay to speak from a place na medyo may contradiction pa rin sa life mo. That you're not practicing it perfectly and that's okay because no one else can really do that yeah because there's no such thing i think we have to accept that that contradictions coexist in the same space not just in in advocacy but in life like you can do good things and you can do bad things you can fail at something you can succeed at something that's just the way life is after the break we talk to anna about how she deals with the bad days This episode is brought to you by Forest Foundation Philippines, a nonprofit that supports projects that empower people to protect our forests. If you have a project in mind, visit forestfoundation.ph to learn ways to fund it. And now, back to our conversation with Anna. And you mentioned Karina that there are good days and then there are bad days. During the bad days, um, where do you find the strength to continue? So this is a, a really good question because I think the answer changes depending on the context. Um, so I'll give an example. A couple of years ago, I worked in Boracay during the closure. It was very controversial, high-profile cl- closure, and we needed permits to be able to work there. So I don't know if I'm fortunate or unfortunate 
Um, and you know, at the, when I was still starting out in Save Philippine Seas, I used to cry all the time. As in, you know, I'd see a picture of a dead shark and be like, oh my God, namatay yung shark. And then, my spl- yeah, exactly. So when I would, when I would see turtles na butchered or in captivity or whatever, I would get so emotional about it. And then, one of my mentors told me, you have to learn to manage your expectations because you're not going to solve all of this. And another um, great piece of advice from my dad, who, who has obviously done this, you know, for, he's dedicated his whole life to this, is you have to see this not as a battle, but as a game. Because if you look at environmental conservation as a battle, mapapagod ka. But if you look at it as a game, then you learn to play. And you learn how to enjoy. And you become more strategic. So when he told me that, it changed the way I approached it. Like, hindi kailangan palagi kang galit. Hindi kailangan palagi kang nakikipag-away. That was the mindset that I adopted. And because I adopted that, I learned to be less emotional, but not necessarily less effective. So we respond by acting. And I think that's what makes me not crippled by eco-anxiety. And then one of the pieces that I always go back to, it's... um. Rebecca Solnit, she's a, she's a writer, and she wrote this beautiful piece about hope and, and persistence. And she said that, I'm paraphrasing, but she said that when we don't succeed in, our, in reaching our main objective, we still succeed because just by talking about it, just by creating something, we are changing the conversation. We are influencing other people. We're inspiring other people. So, so yung analogy niya dun is, like, if you plant a seed, you don't know if it's gonna grow into a big tree or just a flower or a leaf or whatever. Or even furniture. You could use it for furniture. But the point is, you have to plant that seed. Diba? Because for me, if I don't try, there's a 100% chance that something will fail or not happen. But if I try, there's a 50% chance that I'll get a response, diba? So why not take it? It's not going to take so much of my time. If we can spend an hour on our phones on Instagram every day, surely we can spend that writing a letter to a leader or, you know, segregating our trash or like, I don't know, like reading about, about information that we want to learn more about. Not long after our interview with Anna, I also had the opportunity to join a workshop being run by Green Relief, an initiative that supports disaster-stricken communities as they transition themselves from survivors to thrivers through principles of permaculture and regenerative development. The workshop was run by permaculture educator and pioneer Rosemary Morrow from Australia, and so with Rosemary being so exposed to people and places affected by disasters through her work, and as the native of a country now dealing with raging bushfires, I was curious to know what kept her motivated to keep going and what kept her from giving in to despair. And here's what she had to say. I don't think it's up to me to despair because that would presume I knew exactly what was going to happen and when and why and therefore give up. No one knows the future. No one knows the future. Who imagined a mobile phone? Who thought 25 million people would be in a plane at this moment? Who thought they'd have 80-storey buildings? We cannot imagine our future. And it's quite possible at this moment the solution is there and it's a second away and we don't know what it is. 
Also, I don't actually believe in despair. It's a bit like saying I've got the mind of God and I know exactly what's going to happen. It's a type of arrogance. I'm one of seven billion people. I have no extra knowledge or foresight. Feelings of loss, fear, rage, and frustration can be debilitating on their own. But using these emotions to move ourselves towards constructive action can bring hope. People who worry about the environmental crisis are often the people who try to take action. So no matter where we start, it matters that we try. It matters that we try to lessen the impact of what we eat, how we travel, and what we buy. It matters that we talk to friends, family, and schoolmates or workmates about these issues in a way that helps spark meaningful conversations. And it matters that we take action beyond our individual lifestyles and demand that politicians and companies make it easier for us to make better choices for our well-being and that of the planet. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, tell us your own stories via Instagram at Mooney underscore PH. Again, this episode is brought to you by Forest Foundation Philippines. It was produced by Mooney, hosted and written by Jen Horn and Ayanda La Torre, edited by podwiz.com.au, with music by Diego Mapa and album art by Sirius Studio. Thanks for listening and see you next time.